very good morning to you all. It's a pleasure to welcome you to your fascinating and inspiring radio show, NASCO Moments Radio Show, which airs every Saturday. The program is powered by NASCO Group Nigeria and is tailored to educate, inform, and enlighten you on contemporary issues that affect your everyday life. Do you know where your children are this very moment? Now, conflicts are inevitable in human existence. Any society or nation that coexists within each other is bound to face challenges based on either differences in the distribution of resources and gender discrimination or on political, economic and social grounds. A school of thought has even argued that conflicts are necessary for change in human society since they help to build relationships in groups, establish a group's identity, build internal cohesion in groups and can lead to balance of power in society. Violent conflicts in particular pose serious threats to human security, peace, stability, social and economic activities. They weaken institutions, break social cohesion and cause humanitarian tragedies such as internal displacement, refugee crisis, rape and above all impede development. The numerous wars in particular as well as other acts of terrorism across the globe are a constant reminder of the destructive nature of unresolved conflicts. However, what matters most is the ability to handle conflicts through peaceful means. Peace remains the basic requirement of our existence. Societies that desire peace would usually put in place structures and active measures to handle disagreements and disputes. Overall, respective communities in particular have a responsibility to facilitate the process. Community leaders and community members bear duty to ensure every individual is encouraged, supported and mandated to develop mutual trust, engender personal and mutual safety, and promote social cohesion within and between their communities of residence. Community relationships afford every individual the opportunity to strengthen social and cultural capacities, resolve disputes and conflicts, and to promote inter-ethnic and intergroup interaction and dialogue. The ultimate goal is to prevent conflict and achieve conditions which reduce community vulnerabilities from both internal and external causes and to actively influence attitudes and behaviors through promoting values of peace and tolerance. The argument being made here is that central to the accomplishment of these responsibilities are the individual members of the community. This morning we shall look at building peace at community levels, the role of the individual as a peace catalyst. We have invited Joseph Langman, Director General of the Plateau State Peace Building Agency. Langman is a committed and practicing peace advocate. He will share his thoughts on the topic for your delight today. I'm Hudungyan. Don't go anywhere. For whatever flavor you may need, yeah, it's so crunchy and so creamy. It's open, fresh and tasty for the young and everybody. Take a bite and get the feeling that you get what you away with nasco biscuits today nasco cream biscuits nasco shortcake biscuits nasco cream crackers nasco biscuits cream of biscuits thank you mr langman for joining us on nasco moments this morning thank you for having me now let's start with the basic question what is conflict 
Well, I mean, the concept means a lot of things to a whole lot of different people out there, depending on who you speak with. But of course, the basic understanding uh, of the concept would be that, okay, people have a disagreement. Let me put it in this way, uh, in the layman's language. People have a disagreement over whatever. It could be a certain interest, it could be over a value, it could be about over politics and whatever, you know? And conflict isn't, like you have rightly alluded to, uh, an inevitable fact of life. Uh, people disagree because we are all products of different experiences and, of, of course, history and also uh, orientations. And sometimes that also reflects in our interaction and how we relate to one to another. And in the course of that relationship, sometimes, you know, uh, things get a bit sour and then people disagree. And then, you know, if it's not well managed, it escalates into something else. Uh, conflict is inevitable, yet the need for us as human beings in any human organization to coexist side by side is equally compelling. You can never take away that reality from, you know, uh, how we uh, respond to conflict, whether as individuals or as a collective. Uh, in some cases, I would even tell you that conflict in itself is, you know, uh, transformative. Uh, that you don't experience transformation or development in the real sense of the word if there is no disagreement. So oftentimes you hear people say, okay, let's disagree only for us to agree. And that means uh, in the process of that interaction, for somehow you interrogate the process, you probe the process, you know, you exchange ideas and the superior idea emerge from a disagreement. And ultimately you agree. That is what happens in a sane and a decent civilized society. Uh, that you put everything to test. And you tell me something, I don't just swallow it hook, line and sinker. And or rather I may have a different perspective or I may even have a counterfactual argument as uh, some people might put it. But uh, it is important we uh, understand this, that we don't, you know, relate with conflict negatively. Conflict is a good thing, but so long as you look at it from a positive perspective, then it brings about transformation in the society. Now, apart from our different experiences and exposures and all that that could trigger conflict, what else triggers conflict? A, a lot of things. I mean, injustice could trigger conflict, right? Marginalization could trigger, trigger conflict. Alienation could trigger a uh, 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 conflict and a host of others. Of course, there are structural dimension to how conflict is formed. Uh, a, a society that is faced with so many structural problems and of course manifesting in unemployment, for example, and misery and grinding poverty, is a society that is prone to conflict. A society where you have divergent views as far as religion or politics or ethnicity is concerned and then you find it very difficult to build a consensus around this highly divisive or polarizing issue is a society that is also prone to conflict. So conflict over values, like I've said earlier on, over religion, over issues of justice or injustice, inability of government, for example, to provide the public goods to a vast majority of the citizens could also lead to conflict. The inability of a government to provide security to a vast majority of the citizens could also lead to conflict. How then can you de-escalate conflict? There's so many ways of de-escalating conflict. I mean, number one, if you just look at yourself as a journalist, uh, as a media person and you think want to do your media responsibly, of course, you would be preoccupied with how you can help to douse tension. And there is a conflict, so how do you de-escalate? How do you douse it? By responsible, professional journalism. Uh, giving these facts the way they are and not sensationalizing the issues. I'm, talk I'm speaking from the point of view of the media, for example. I mean, for uh, somebody who is into community advocacy, uh, there are different ways you can de-escalate tension. If you see the early warning signs, you realize that communities or neighborhoods where once talking to each other or sharing even, you know, uh, 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 food from the festive, you know, uh, uh, 
moments or periods and all of a sudden all that has stopped or there are no, there are no movements and what have you uh, a responsible conflict uh, a responsive rather conflict advocate would want to go meet the community and start a process of discussion and possibly a dialogue that will lead to the de-escalation of the conflict. So there are a thousand and one ways you can, you know, engage to, you know, de-escalate a tension. And that is our tension. And that is what the peace building agency and that is what we in the peace building process are all about. We identify, detect the early warning signs. And there are so many ways of detecting that. And then you move in very quickly, swiftly. The idea is to prevent a further escalation that would lead to violence. Now that we know what all this is, what then is peace building? Well, well peace building, I mean, it's a process actually that, uh, if I'm going to be technical, that facilitates the establishment of uh, enduring peace, right? And by tackling the root causes of conflict and ensuring that you have mechanisms or a framework on the ground that would help in reducing or minimizing the potential and the risk of a relapse into violence uh, through institution building, for example, through political uh, negotiations, for example, through uh, a distribution, fair distribution of the democracy, democratic dividends, like we say, for example, through forgiveness and reconciliation and reintegration of victims of violent conflict, for example. So it's a whole lot of a gamut of activities that begins from a process, uh, from a point, and takes a while to get to that destination. Uh, so it requires a lot of patience, but most importantly, it's a process that needs to be nurtured. Peace needs to be nurtured. And I keep telling people that this is not just a business of government alone. Everybody, any, everyone that considers himself a lover of peace has a role to play. So All you right. could be coming from the point of view of the church or the mosque or the media or whatever you, everyone has an important process to, to play, uh, a role to play in deepening or in taking the forward, advancing the process forward. Okay, we'll continue the discussion right after this break. Please stay with us. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby see the shine <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash cloth clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and oh. I need good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. This is the NASCO Moment Show on radio. Our guest today is Joseph Langman, Director General of the Plateau State Peace Building Agency. And he has been sharing his thoughts on building peace at community levels, the role of the individual as peace catalyst. Now, um, let's talk about, uh, you've started already, but the tools that can be used in peace building. Um, of course, I mean, like, there are so many tools, right? I mean, from advocacy to dialogue to, you know, community outreach uh, to, you know, programs of sensitization and awareness and a whole lot of others. Uh, uh, for, for us in a society that is highly or deeply divided as ours, or a society that's also emerging from conflict, because that's how I want to describe plateau state, despite what happened in Basan, Bariki, Ladin, and Rio, I tell people it's just a setback and it's typical of every post-conflict society. Uh, post-conflict society means that before I answer the question, means that, you know, it's not like you have enduring peace. No, we shouldn't conflate fragile peace and durable peace yet. 
in between is an opportunity for us to say, okay, fine, now there is cessation of hostilities, uh, people are no longer shooting and there is no crossfire or what have you. Now, what are the issues? Can we look at it dispassionately? How do we resolve them? Bring in the conflict parties and let them begin to build a consensus around these issues. And if there is a third party, in most cases the state, can facilitate that process. So what we've seen there, it's typical. Uh, uh, empirically speaking, 70% uh, of societies that emerging from conflict experience a relapse of sort. Thank God ours, of course it has happened, it's, it's a very sordid uh, incident as a, uh, I mean, we've condemned it in every strongest possible term uh, yet we shouldn't it should be a stark reminder of the fragile nature of this piece and that means a lot of work needs to be done in fact it is now that the work is just beginning okay. um, so coming back to uh, the, the you know the tools it's very important that we understand uh, what approaches we can adopt or strategy we can adopt to reach out you know to, to build peace uh, for those communities that are hurting, all they need probably is somebody to go in there and facilitate a process of reconciliation and forgiveness. Like we have seen the likes of, or rather we have seen in South Africa, where we had this Truth and Reconciliation Commission. The emphasis is not about uh, retributive justice, right? It's about, about AO revenge. No, it's not about it. It's about talking to the issues and in the process, you know, you start a, uh, a healing process and uh, uh, forgiveness that would lead to uh, uh, reconciliation, which is essential to the stability of that society. Okay, let's come, let's come to the community right now. Yeah. Uh, what role should the community play in maintaining and sustaining the peace? A lot of a lot of rules. I mean, and, and, and let me come this way. Uh, there's this assumption that it's only government that has the responsibility constitutionally to provide peace and security. I, I told people there's a traditional way of doing things, and times have changed. The asymmetrical nature of modern-day warfare requires that everybody places a part. Government has its own limitations as well, to be honest. And of course, the evidence of that limitation is what we've experienced. I mean, from I mean, looking at successive administrations on the plateau from 1999 till date, we've been having a series of conflicts. It tells you clearly that even government itself, who controls, in quote, uh, the apparatus of you know coercion or monopoly of violence uh, and what have you, has its own limitations. And so people need to understand that we are stakeholders in this process. If it gets good, all of us feel the impact. If it becomes bad, all of us feel the pinch. Therefore, it is important that we become advocates and individually and also as a community. We know what is wrong in every community. The community members know what is wrong in those communities. So when you see the signs, you should be able to respond positively and effectively to the challenges of peace and security. If, for example, a troublemaker comes into your community, all of a sudden, you know, there's this culture that we've had. I mean, there's no how somebody will come into your community in the past without me and for example, knowing or the elders knowing. Now we've thrown away this culture completely. And then foreigners, aliens who have sinister and clandestine motives come into our communities and perpetuate evil, orchestrate violence, and they go scot-free. What happened to that community role that we used to play? And I think it's a challenge we need to really throw back to our people. Uh, the security of lives and property, I think, to a large extent, lies with the communities. If but they how do then not, can we empower the communities to play these roles that we want them to it's, play? It's very, very important, of course, for organizations. Uh, I'm very happy that NASCO has, as part of its own corporate social responsibility, for example, is doing this program. It's a program of awareness and sensitization and what have you. So this is very, very, very crucial. Yet beyond this, it is very, very important also for NASCO putting it back as a challenge to identify communities that are prone to violent conflicts and help in the establishment of local structures in those communities. 
a mix of people who uh, know and understand the local context uh, and should be exposed with the relevant skills to detect early warning signs of conflict. Their capacity should be enhanced to be able to respond to these local uh, early warning signs of conflict. And by so doing, you are able to de-escalate tension in those levels. Let's come so, down to the individual right now. Yes. What should the individual do in this instance? Uh, it's very, very important that you open your eyes and you remain vigilant. Uh, looking, let me use Plato for example. We know the kind of challenges we are facing, and there are a lot of people who come in from the outside to orchestrate violence and disappear. Uh, how is it that these people come into those villages and communities and do all of those things and go scot free? It, it's re it really baffles me as an individual. And yet, if we reinvent that spirit of uh, solidarity, that spirit of responsibility at the community level, the individual can be a watchdog. The individual can be a vigilante, not in the literal sense of the word, but someone whose eyes and ears are open. When you see danger, you report. Not only that, but you mobilize your own people to wait off such dangers. And, and it's very, very important that we get it right. The individual, it must, not, it must not necessarily be the meangwa. It must not necessarily be the head of a church or a mosque. A family could start that, an individual from a family could start that. Mobilization, <clears throat> cooperation, organization is very key, is central to this process. All right. This is still the Nasco Moments radio show, and we thank you for staying with us. This show is not over yet. Please join us again. Nasco Cube Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm. Nasco Cube Nasco Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. This is the Nasco Moment Show on radio. We have been discussing with Joseph Langman, Director General of the Plateau State Peace Building Agency, who is a peace advocate. Our topic is building peace at community levels, the role of the individual as a peace catalyst. Um, now, we'd like you to share how community leaders and members can be empowered once again to overcome challenges to peace building in their respective communities? Well, one, peace education is very important that we understand the culture of peace. Um, it's not, not, I mean, we can't solve anything by violence. And, and there's one thing about the culture of peace. You inculcate it. I mean, it becomes a way of life. And you are not quick to react on rumor, for example. You want to interrogate whatever thing you hear. You want to get to the bottom of it. You want to understand it and see the way it is dispassionately. It's a very important ingredient to building sustainable peace in our communities. And it's very important that people know that. So what kind of tools can we employ for peace education? It's important. It's not just about, you know, the adults, but even people who are their critical formative stages. I'm talking about kids in primary schools. I'm talking about secondary school students. I was discussing with a friend this morning when they need probably by next year, if we could begin to hold, for example, peace summer camps on the plateau and bring together high school students on holiday and, and send them somewhere. Not necessarily 
necessarily even in this country. It could be somewhere where they are taught to integrate, you know, irrespective of your religion or your tribe or what have you. What have you. It's part of the peace education. So they are cultivating that culture. They internalize that culture and it reflects in their character and behavior subsequently. This is just one of it. And there are so many other things that we can do. Um, and the issues of advocacy, which I've made mention of, is very important. For the peace building agents, for example, now uh, being an agency of government that is saddled with the responsibility of ensuring the harmonious coexistence of all the ethno religious groups that make up the state, um, we, we are very, very uh, awake to our responsibilities. And we are, uh, we are looking, hopefully, by next year to start uh, an initiative that would lead to the creation of local peace steering committees across all the districts that we have on the plateau state. And this is very, very key because like I've told you earlier on, gone are the days where government is able to deliver the promise of peace and security unilaterally. Okay. Those days are gone. So we have that kind of approach, which is very uh, proactive, which is very effective. And once we have that, they are empowered, their capacity is built, they are exposed to the basic knowledge and tools uh, as far as conflict analysis and conflict prevention or peace building is concerned. And we can take it from there. We create, uh, establish a synergy between those local peace and committees and you know, the uh, head offices in each of the local governments and down to the peace building agency and to the state. Okay, we want to wrap up right now. What do you think is the most important thing people should learn from all that is going on right now for the individual as a peace catalyst? First and foremost, I mean, I tell people this, uh, not everybody would agree with me, but the, the basis for peace and reconciliation in any society, not necessarily ours, is our shared or common humanity. It's the basis. I mean, if you don't respect the being, I mean, it's no evidence of your civilization. I mean, there is no potential likelihood of a successful engagement that will lead to a transformation of the problem. Uh, 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 if we focus on that, then other things would be a giveaway, truly. But if you don't really even consider the human, uh, the humanitarian aspect of the intervention process, I mean, whatever effort you are putting into the process will just be like a card of cards and it would collapse right before your eyes. First and foremost, our common and shared humanity is very important. So whatever intervention efforts we are developing must be predicated on that. And two, that um, uh, conflict situations actually uh, also present an opportunity for transformation. And how do we do that? The most important thing we need to have at the back of our minds is that we are, you know, mediating or, you know, facilitating the process to have some kind of a win-win situation. And women's situation requires adjustments and readjustments. And if you have a hardline position, you will never get it done. I tell people there are three scenarios, for example, that is facing us here on the plateau. Number one, you know, you avoid the problem, pretend that it doesn't exist, and then pass it on to your children as a burden. Number two, you, you know, go to war, whoever, uh, or you expel some people, the so-called alien minority, expel them. I don't know whether that is realistic or feasible, uh, but I don't think it's practicable, looking at the scenario and what we have uh, as, 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 at, at, at hand. The last one is is a problem-solving approach. We have a problem. We have to confront that problem. And in doing that, we have to think about options and alternatives. Which what are the options like... and the alternatives? What do we do as a people? Can all the conflict parties have a buy-in in these alternatives? Can we negotiate? Can we get to a point where we agree that this is it? And then somehow we have the conditions and the terms of our coexistence clearly defined. Can that be a precursor and to India peace? That is something that we will definitely have to consider and we definitely look forward to that time when the unity will certainly give us the peace that we all desire and that's where we have to end uh, the program thank you very much joseph langman of the peace building agency for being here it's always a pleasure thank you so much for having me
And we end NASCO Moment Show at this point this Saturday morning. I've been speaking with Joseph Langman, Director General of the Plateau State Peacebuilding Agency, a committed and practicing peace advocate. I hope the discussion has been very enlightening and you are now in a position to contribute your quota to the maintenance and sustenance of peace in your community. Follow this program on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash group or on Twitter on the handle at NASCO group. Freely send your feedback on any aspect of this NASCO Moment show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Our NASCO Moments trivia question segment is here. The question for this week is, provide the names and payoff lines of all the detergent brands of NASCO Households Limited. Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and include your name and location. Last week's question was, what is the full meaning of these acronyms, UNESCO and UNICEF? UNESCO stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, while UNICEF stands for United Nations Children's Fund. It was formerly called United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. Our winners are Ayobami Oluwafemi of Tina Junction and Juliet Johnson of Datinkoa. Congratulations! You will be called and told how to redeem your NASCO gift baskets. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO. It was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Contents Development, George Pam and Harun Audu. Production Coordinators, Harun Audu and Solomon Audu. I am Harun Gyan. As long as it depends on you, keep the peace with everyone in your community. And join us again next week for another interesting discussion.